Uh, that's trademarked. You can't, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Bradley. So, oh, oh, my. This guy is just saying words with long pauses. I showed up drunk. In I'm between ready. the words. I can't <laughs> get the intro started. You're you're good to go. You're clear. Am I though? For landing. <clears throat> <I'm> Eric, <laughs> <laughs> you dirty dog. <laughs> you dirty dog. <laughs> My name is Bradley Jones. I'm Andrew Moldenhauer. I'm Andy Hubert, and this is not a movie review podcast, but a podcast where we try to recall the events of a film that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. This is what we remember about Almost Famous. Were there two or three bad guys in Home Alone? And who was that forgetful fish in Finding Nemo? Join us as we're watching films. See what we remember and what memories we killed. Let's start the show. Here we go. This is what we remember. It's only been about 16 years since we could have seen this movie because it came out really fairly recently. 2000. Of okay, so yeah, seen. for us that's yeah, pretty not too bad. Pretty recent. Yeah. Um, so what do you think the main character's name good is? Good question. Because uh, I could not figure that out. I don't. I'm going no. with uh, John. I'm gonna say Will. Uh, I'm gonna go with Kevin because that's Ooh, the right nobody name. good name is named Kevin. <laughs> Kevin McCallum. Sorry to all the Kevins out there, but man. Kevin's represent! <laughs> Kevin's in the house! Wasn't that the name we thought the kid in, in Rookie of the Year was? No, we thought it Henry? was he- Henry. Well, it is yeah. Henry, isn't it, though? I thought it was no, we Henry, thought it, was, we thought it was um, something else. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Go listen to episode two. Yeah, you can, you can tell us what we thought it was. Yeah, terrible. So, so let's go through. Um, the movie is basically about a guy who's writing for the Rolling Stone, right? A, a, a guy is in a kid. Yeah. He's like yeah. in high school. He's like 16 or Guys something. could be kids. There's no discrimination. Well, no, no, no. I just want to... I, I agree with it, you. I just want oh, to clarify. Oh, he's in high school. Is he 18 or is he he's, 17? Or? No, he's like 16 Fresh or something. Like, like, 16, Does maybe? he lie about his Does age? he lie about? I think yeah. so. Yeah. In order to get the job? Yeah. So is it Rolling Stone that he's writing for? Yes, it is Rolling Stone. And he is just going on tour with a bunch of different bands and doing reviews. One, no, no, he's going on tour with just one band. One band. Yes. Oh. His his role with Rolling Stones is to um, just follow this one band on their tour. And is the band make believe, or it's supposed to be like a band that's like the so this another band? The band's name is Stillwater. Yes. Uh huh. And so I, I remember that Clearance Stillwater Revival. Yeah, it's kind of like Clearance's <laughs> Stillwater I, Revival. I did have a question. What do you think this band? Who do you think this band is supposed to be? Okay. So I think this movie takes or the I think Eagles. The, yeah, that's my guess. Okay, I could see the Eagles. Maybe I was Fleetwood gonna, Mac. I was saying Aerosmith. Oh, I think it's a little too early for Aerosmith. Isn't the movie take place in like early eighties? No, this movie takes place 70s? in like seventy three. Okay, that's when I think it takes place. There is, there will be a, a sign where it will tell us what year because they have a tour bus at the very end of the movie. Okay. Sign, sign everywhere. This is a sign. Yep. Um, it is. Is Woodstock happened? Woodstock. Well, by '73, yes. Okay. Woodstock happened in '69. So this is kind of like the big rock and roll boom of the '70s, which may or may not. Yeah, like jam bands. Jam bands yeah. going around town. Yep. So I think all the bands that we named were definitely part of that movement. Yes. Okay. So. How, I, I could not understand, how did he get the job for the Rolling Stone? Did he, he write an article or something like that? Yeah, well, you know, because he, he, he was, like, writing articles for, like, L.A., like, the their equivalent of blogs that day, I guess, like, newsletters and stuff for music, 
Okay. I think he... Uh, I think just a paper. Or yeah. School like, paper? Or? I don't think it was a school... I think he was writing it for, like, actual like papers, paper? but, like, little regional papers. So um, did he submit something to Rolling Stone? He, I think he proposed, yeah, like, the story of going on tour, but he specifically left out that he's 16. Does he they na- don't know that he's a kid. Does he narrate the film, a la John Cusack in High Fidelity, or does he, like, talk? Is there a voiceover? I don't think there is voiceover. I think there's voiceover, but I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna flat out say no. Okay. Just to have I was, a I was just curious, because I, I, didn't, I didn't know. But he... So he meets someone from... I, He's a super vanilla kid, too. Doesn't he have, like, a bowl cut? Yeah, well... Yeah, he's he kind of, like, a nobody kid. It was, like, his, his mom, like, didn't want him listening to rock and roll, but his sister oh. did, so he listened to, like, his sister's records. Yes, his mom did not want him to listen to rock and roll at all. I think I remember he he was going to a concert to write an article, and he had, like... I don't understand how he had backstage passes, but his Probably mom... Probably snuck in, or... His mom dropped him off, and he got snuck in to see a or to the backstage to talk to a band. Okay. Maybe that was... Maybe he wrote that article and submitted it to Rolling be. Stone? Yeah, and they liked it and they asked him to follow the band or something? Yeah, and I think that um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the guy who is running that... is running Rolling Stone in his city or whatever. Like, he's the one who gives him the job. I might be wrong. I feel like... Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie, but... Uh, I feel like the idea was that he was a freelance writer and they, like, approved, like, Rolling Stone was like, yeah, sure, write, like, a little blurb about this one concert, and he basically just accidentally, essentially, he, like, tells them he's a Rolling Stone writer and they invite him on tour with them. Oh, and like maybe so, the is. magazine also does, so he, like, lies to the band, kind of, too, about being a Rolling Stone writer, because he's just... Like, he was just supposed to write, like, a little blurb about the one show, potentially for Rolling Stone. That's so much more interesting. Huh. I think that's probably... I hope that's, that's the case. That's right. <laughs> yeah, because I have a question mark, like, what was his arc in the film? So that would actually, like, flush out a lot of the story. Yeah. It's yeah. Like that uh, case of a uh, mis-identity uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. False identity. Identihood. That's not a word. <laughs> Identihood. <laughs> so I think from the beginning, the band doesn't really like him, but they understand... Oh, no, no. I think the lead singer doesn't like him. Okay. I think, yeah. they, I think they just don't even care. Like, he's like a nobody or whatever until he starts writing the good articles about them. Or, I know, I think... I feel like it would be in their best interest to get him to write good stuff about them. Right. Right. And I feel like at first they, they are, like, trying to impress him and, like, telling him all these cool things. Because it's Rolling Stone. They keep saying, like, Yeah, because he's, he's for Rolling Stone. And they're like, oh, crap, like, a Rolling Stone article could really blow us up. Yeah, he's like... I think they even say, like, can we be on the cover? And the kid's like... Yeah, you sure. might, be, might be on the cover, and they like get really excited about that. Um, and He's then like kind of lying. I guess. But then, as the tour progresses, like he becomes more of the background, so they he sees more and more because they kind of forget who he like he's there or forget that he's a writer. He's instead he's just sort of part of the the entourage that's following them. Yeah. Um, so let's go into the entourage. Is it always like Kate Hudson is definitely like a big part of? The, she's yeah, the she's like their right? like head groupie or whatever. Penny Penny Lane. That's her uh, name in the movie. Uh, okay. Isn't that also a uh, an adult film star name? No, that's a uh, Beatles song. Oh, okay. same same difference, right? Yeah, yeah, they like the same thing. So that's the name that she goes by in the and movie. And that's does she make reference or does it reference overtly that it's the Beatles song or is it like I like, think like so, they're not yes. sure if it's her real name oh. or not? Or... No, it, it's like a nickname. Okay. It's like a does she make name. up like several different names throughout? Like they're all different songs or just that she sticks with that one? I don't know. I, don't know. I thought she just sticks with the, with the one, but I don't know. And is she just a groupie, or does she have like an alternative motive for going around with the band? Is she's she dating the lead singer. I, I think she. Yeah, she. It's not that she's dating the lead singer, but they. 
they have like a relationship, like a loose relationship. And she's been like just sort of a professional groupie for a long time. I guess, for like different bands. No, like yeah, like she's been yeah, a groupie I think for a she long does time. It, like uh-huh. she's kind of a drifter because they joke about like how she talks about jokingly about retiring as a groupie just because she's been doing it for a long time. And then she has like she like teaches other groupies about being a groupie. Yeah, doesn't she kind of like show him the ropes a little bit? Yeah, like, she kind of yeah life? she like takes him under he, her wing essentially yeah. and to kind of introduce him to like the rock lifestyle. Yeah, he falls in love with her. Oh yeah, she's yeah, gorgeous for sure. Yeah, that's so pretty. Oh, There's yeah. also um, the other girl who's a groupie. Um, she's in The Craft, and she's in, like, Fart... Fart? Fart, fart, the... fart store? Fart. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, what were you that's Farusa Balk is the only girl Farusa in The Balk, Is yes. it her? Oh. Yeah, she's in the movie, too. Oh, okay. She's another groupie. Glad that's the only girl from The Craft. Oh, Nev Campbell and um, Ben Stiller's wife, which I forget her name. Chris, and Christina, Chris, Christy yeah. something. Christy, Christy something is also it's in the craft. It's not Christy and I. This was a question at Quizzo recently. And then the other girl was in a TV show with a handsome man, and <laughs> she was in Empire Records, and I totally forget what her name so is. So we are Shannon talking about something? the craft? <laughs> yeah, we're talking, this is we're doing the craft. So they go on tour. They go on the tour, band. and the whole movie is just basically them on tour. Yeah. Wait, let's go back to talking about Farusa Balk. I liked her a lot <laughs> in the 90s, and she just disappeared off the grid. She was in uh, Return to Oz, a bunch of other stuff, and man. She's a, she's kind of weird looking. Yeah, I mean, she's got like a Laura Petty kind of vibe, like who's also just disappeared. There's a couple of just really yeah. she's also rocking in, um, 90s girls that just went away. Oh, what is the Dr. Moreau, she's in that. Oh, yeah, I, I don't remember that. I yeah, know, I, well, I, I didn't see it, but I know the documentary yeah. All right. that talks about it. She was in that movie. So, enough of me gushing about <laughs> your favorite. My, my favorite 90s babes, okay. Um, it's plenty of time for that. But yeah, so the, the progress of the movie is essentially them on tour, but, and over the, I feel like over the course of the tour... It's like Spinal Tap. It is very, it is, a, I feel like, a lot like Spinal Tap, in that, like, the band starts to, the like, tour is just apart, and the tour is Not bananas. going well at all. Yes. They're not, they're not selling out, they're, like, things are... They're, they're struggling. Shows are getting canceled, they're having issues... Did yeah. I make up a scene where they're at, like, a house, and there's a, a swimming pool? Oh, no, you did not make that up. And someone, like, falls off the roof or something? One of the band members is, I think, threatening to, like, jump off the roof into the pool. And the uh, main character ends up, I think, talking him down? Or he doesn't. One or the other. <laughs> like, he tries <laughs> to talk him There's two options. In the the house know. doesn't explode. <laughs> No, there twist, is nothing in twist. between because I don't know. <laughs> they have the same scene and get him to the Greek. Are you sure you're not thinking about that? No, oh, it does boy. happen. No, I, okay. I I totally agree with you, Brad. It does happen. Okay. Okay. There is a swimming pool. There's a house party. He's on a lot of drugs. And he wants to jump off into the swimming pool. And I think the main character talks him down. Is it is the main character sort of like a nerd about like drugs and drinking and stuff? Or does he eventually like get into it? Or I, yeah, I think it is that avoided? he... He has, like, the romantic version of rock and roll life in his head because all he's, like, had is listening to music and reading articles, but he hasn't, like, gone to shows. And, he, like, he, his mom doesn't even know that he listens to rock music and he's not allowed. Is there, like, so, a, a drug sequence where there's, like, a people are around a circle passing a doobie and then, like, weird music plays and he falls out of it? I mean, that, that does sound like that something that I, I can imagine that happening. No, I think his mom doesn't want him to listen to rock music, but, to- like, she knows that he goes on tour with the band like she's aware of that yeah okay. she well, checks with the with, band yes okay. she, she actually checks I'm wondering if like, he lied to times. her too and said like oh I'm doing this other writing assignment I'm gonna be gone I'm also wondering if there's a moment where like she wants him to come home or something just like falls apart with him right 
Hmm. Yeah, where he has like a breakup with the band or does something. Maybe, but I I definitely know that she like calls him a couple times to check in on him on this tour, and there are t- like one time where someone like offers drugs or something like that, or or someone comes by and like, I bet her mom was, was jealous. She had done drugs before, and she was just wanting to be part of the lifestyle. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Jealous of her son. What about the daughter? I bet she comes back into it somehow. Um, no. I I feel like at the end, like he comes up. home. And I feel like he comes home and she, like, sort of comforts him in a way. Like he's like he's been through some shit, like on this crazy tour, yeah. and she's just she's he's, the one that's there to be like, hey, like, love let's, and lost. Let's and... just like let's just go home, like the two of them. Yeah. Does he write like a bad like a mean article and like? Does the band turn on him at any point during the film? I think people. I'll, I want to say. Oh, well, I know people th- find out he's lying about working for Rolling Stone. That's what I'm thinking. Like is at the end they find like both, like the guy that he talked to at Rolling Stone that he convinced to like have him write the one thing, at, like comes out to meet them unannounced or something and finds out one that he's a kid and two that, <laughs> that's when the band also finds out that he doesn't officially work for Rolling Stone. And so yeah. there's probably a big conflict scene. I hope this. I hope this happens. And yeah, I'm just yeah, totally I mean, making this up. I mean, it would make sense but in the he, story of a narrative. Yeah, he does. I mean, he like he writes a flat out honest. Yeah, he uh, he writes like a like a whole behind of, the scenes of and, their tour. Yeah, it's it a very o- candid. Is story. it over like the course of just a couple months of like their tour? I think so. It, yeah, yeah. Um, I, when when the actual review comes out, because it does, I believe it does get into Rolling Stone. Yeah, like. Th- at first, they're not happy with it, but then they like. Well, they're they're yeah, they're upset that he's like a kid, but I feel like they established in the beginning that he's like a really good writer. Yes. Um, is the band any good? Do they have like catchy songs? I know because you mm. went watching Spinal Tap and like Spinal Tap CD of Spinal Tap's awesome. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> is there oh my gosh, are so any good. of these songs like catchy or good or like? I don't do they remember. cut right before good. Good thing I, feel like, I don't remember, happened. and I feel like that's indicative that they're just sort of kind of generic. They, they play a few bars before they cut to a different scene. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember what their songs are like. I think they keep playing one song throughout the movie. That could be. That's like their hit song. Well, it's like is, the, is it about they, Kate Hudson or something like that? <laughs> I don't think so. No. I think the band actually doesn't really care about Kate Hudson at all. Well, they they she's on the like I said she kind of has like a relationship with the lead guy in the band, um, Jason Lee, and. But one of the other band members is, like, secretly in love with her and is upset about it. And that causes a bunch of tension because he's always upset about it. And then there's, like, the big climactic scene where their plane almost crashes. Yeah. Oh, classic. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. They, like, get in a plane um, to, to fly to their next gig. And they didn't let her on it. Like, they were like, you have to stay here because they were going to... Uh, their next gig, the lead guy's, like, wife was going to be there or something. Or his ex-wife oh, or yeah. something. They're she like, was a mistress. So they're like, you're not allowed that. to come because she can't see you with him. And she gets left behind, and then on the way to there, the plane almost crashes. And the the band has, like, this big, like, she confession. Was well, it's like the confessions moment with them all. Because they think they're going to die. So it's, like, their last chance to say something. So that's when the one guy confesses that he's always loved um, Penny. And there's that another character the lead singer that, treated her like crap. There's another character that confesses that he's gay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And then right after he says that, the plane like reaches altitude again. <laughs> Level, yeah, levels out. So that's so then they land and like yes, they have to like, kind of deal with all the confessions they made while they were like crashing. Yeah. Um. 
Um, so I know there's a big conflict with, yeah, the fact that they left Penny behind and the one guy who likes her. Is there an overdose scene? It feels like that might be appropriate. I feel like, I feel like if anybody, it's going to be Penny that overdoses. She do, there is a scene where she's on something, and the main character is trying to take care of her, where the other band members are just more apathetic. Yeah, okay. Like, she's, like, doped up on something, and he, he's, like, really trying to desperately, like, help her. If she falls asleep, she's going to die, or something right. like that. Okay. It is, like, a very dramatic moment. Yeah, I'm so excited to watch this movie. <laughs> we also, we didn't mention that there's that classic scene where they're all singing Tiny Dancer, either on a bus or a plane. I don't remember that. I How do I not remember I that? Remember oh, that, that was like, that's like in the trailer. Like, that's oh, a huge man. moment. They're all like sitting down singing Tiny Dancer. Okay. The, the Jimmy Fallon cameo that everyone knows about. Yeah. 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 Got like a sweet bowl cut, glasses, <laughs> and uh, like a Fu Manchu stash. Yeah, I, I think the Tiny Dancer moment is, like, the, all the band members, like, just got into a big disagreement, and then that song comes on, and they just, like, mm. all are sitting in silence, and then eventually, like, it's so freaking catchy, they just all start <laughs> singing it together, and they're like, oh, why are we arguing? Okay, that totally sounds so like a legit So is he on scene. the actual, like, bus with them a lot of the time, and is it, like, a uh, an actual, like, caravan bus? Or it's like, it a, like, like a, an old school tour bus, so it's like the bus. old Greyhound bus that got converted into like a I was wondering why the writer guy would be access to that. Maybe maybe he's just like that charming or that they're worried about the review to like let him on that bus. But well, that's that was not uncommon for Rolling Stone writers to like go on a whole tour with the band and write a yeah. long sure. story. I mean, it's like the same as like um, a reporter's going on tour with like a politician who's running for president right. or and something when, and, like that. And like I said, in the 70s especially... Like, if you were a writer for Rolling Stone, like, that, like, a band would be crazy not to give you access. Like, that was huge publicity to be in Rolling Stone. Is there a moment where he meets up with, like, another Rolling Stone writer and, like, almost gets outed or someone, like, kind of calls him on it? Do you think that, that might occur? I'd be surprised. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know either. That might be a... Oh, who do you work for? Uh, uh, Bill. Oh, I've never met Bill before. Is he new? It's like, oh, uh, yeah, he just started a week ago. I thought you haven't seen this in a while. How are you quoting <laughs> the scene for us? That's the whole scene. That's I, it. I hope that's word in the movie. Word for word. I hope that's in the movie. <laughs> and it's one guy saying the whole thing. It's not even two characters. So I'm going to say that their music stinks, but this movie has a good soundtrack of just, like, stuff that's oh, in the background yeah. and happening, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. For sure. Oh, I'm sure it does. Like I mean, that's... It, that was. I feel like that's one of the main vehicles to drive the film is all the good music from that era. So it would it'd be crazy not to include that. There's a very iconic cover to this uh, with Kate Hudson's face with glasses on it. Remember that almost famous? Like, yeah. Yep. It's very like to me. That's like oh, that's definitely that movie. Who's that title for actually? Almost, almost famous. famous. Is that ooh. for the band? Is that, is that the for? Band? I think it might. We've been saying ooh a lot, but I'm going with it. Uh, I think it's the band, or it's it's also him. And it's also maybe Kate Hudson. And it's maybe the mom. And it's maybe the, the sleazy See, yeah. <laughs> music guy that we don't they're know all, about. They're all almost. <laughs> See, famous. I thought that was, uh, I, I always kind of considered the title, like, I didn't even think about it that way. I always thought of the title as like that, well, what's the documentary, The 50 Feet from Stardom? Yeah. Or whatever, where it's like, you're you're close to people who are famous, so like, oh, you're almost you're famous. Oh, you're almost famous because you're That's kind of how I always people. thought about it, but I, it, it totally yeah, makes sense that, that it could also refer to like the band or him or her. Yeah. At the same time. Or us. 
Ooh. Whoa, we are on a just We're about to pass 100 million subs. <laughs> what are subs? You? Yeah. And, and our Subway discount on YouTube. job that we have. <laughs> I call them Cribers. I meant, I meant like Subway sandwiches. I'm getting real close. I'm almost there. Yeah, you get a million subs, you get the million and first one free. Yeah. It's, it's a real big punch card. It's real long. It's just it's like a giant binder. So this, this movie is written and directed by Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Yeah. Who I, I I sometimes like, sometimes hate. High fidelity is sweet. Um, did he, he didn't do that. I thought he did, didn't he? I don't. I remember think who did so. It. What, what were some uh, Empire? Uh, he did Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. He did um, Elizabeth Town. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, he's had a couple else? stinkers over the last yeah, couple years. He's had years. a lot of stinkers. <laughs> like there are times where he's good, times where he's terrible. I actually can't remember any other Cameron Crowe movies. I thought he did a lot of '80s movies with John Cusack, and that was his thing. Like, did maybe he didn't he did, say anything? He did say anything. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, he did do say anything. Now, the other thing that I know about this movie is that actually it's based off of Cameron Crowe's life. He was a Rolling Stone oh, okay. writer when he was like 19. And he followed, I think he followed Aerosmith, which is why I said Aerosmith. Hmm. Um, that's, that's actually true. So, like, this is based on kind of his life. Okay. Be cool. I'm going to do some good trivia for this then. So Rolling Stone should sue Cameron Crowe for lying to him. Do it about now. Working on it because he... <laughs> 16 years in the making. <laughs> Let's get the lawsuit happening. Get on it. This kid is a liar <laughs> and should be discredited. And that's actually all the notes I have. I yeah, don't I don't even stuff. know. That's pretty um, much... I guess, how does the movie end? Is he... Yeah, I think it ends, like, he's just sort of kind of... Is it like, this is what happened to these people? Or is yeah, it... Yeah, I think it's like a wrap-up. Like, he writes the article, submits it, everybody reads he's it. He's kind of burned out and goes home. He yeah, goes home and, and enjoy. I think he kind of, like, enjoys not being famous or not being a part of that. Yeah, I think style. he, he kind of gets it out. Like, he, when he goes home, he's kind of like, now I've done it, I'm kind of done with that, though. So I'm right. guessing, like, everyone, like, hates him... But then they read the article and like, oh no, wait. I could all see that. Like they're upset really and cool they like part ways all mad. But yeah, then they read the article and it turns out it's like a really good article. Um, it's a genuine article. Ooh, the Whoa. genuine article. That's good. that also could have been the name for this film. Uh, my only other question was, how do you pronounce uh, Billy Crudup's last name? Billy Crudup. 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 Yeah. Okay. I'm. You know, uh, I'm sure he's fed up with people not being able to say crud up. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't. <laughs> you sure he's crud up about that? Ooh. Oh. Ooh. I'm going to uh. crud you up. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> got, got him. Got him good. Crud up. Crud up. He crud needs up. to be in more crud movies, up. though. Does he? So I love he was great in Big Fish. He uh, was great in Watchmen. Watchmen. <laughs> Some so other we know films. Billy crud up's in it. Jason Lee is in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Cameo, What's yep. the girl's name again? Farusa Balk. Farusa Balk. Um, any other actors that you can remember? Uh, any, I, any musician oof. cameos? Oh, Elton John, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just naming musicians. <laughs> Billy Joel, uh, Phil Collins. <laughs> All of, yeah. Frog Rock. Definitely uh, John Williams. Uh. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Are they an opening band for a bigger band? 
Or do they have an opening band? I feel like they have to be an opening band because I feel like, and I feel like that's the story, I feel right? Like part of the conflict from is an that opening band into a, a major band. Yeah, well, part yeah. of it is that they're trying to become like a huge thing, and that's why they want the Rolling Stone article, right? So they're yeah, so they wouldn't be. So yeah, I could see them being an opening band for a bigger band. Now, yeah. did, did he go to the concert to write about the bigger band, Oof. and ended up writing about them instead? I, I don't think so. No, I think he went to write about Stillwater. Okay. But I think that they surpass the big band and they become the opening act or something happens to the big mm. band. They definitely, like, there's a sequence where they go on tour the next year. Like, they're still progressing. Because there's, like, a joke where it's, like... That's why it's called Prog the... Rock. <laughs> 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 like, their, their tour bus says, like, the We Didn't Die tour or something like that. Oh, okay. Like, it's a joke and they're yeah. on a tour bus and they, they're saying, like, we're not, well, like, not going to be on a plane anymore. So I don't know. Like, I think they're still, like... They're still together. They're still trying to work things out. There's a falling out at one point, but yeah, they're not quite where they want to be still. Water, water. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. This mute is not going to be soft today, Brad. Do not apologize. <laughs> Look, see, it's your wheelhouse, buddy. Oh. <laughs> hey, I can't really think of any other like things that we would miss out on. Maybe somebody dying. Or like well, one of the we band talked about almost dies. dying, but like does a, a drummer OD. explode? Ooh, that's Spinal Tap. That's <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I, I feel like I'm going to be expecting a lot of Spinal Tap stuff, and it's going to be different. But right. man, Spinal Tap's great. Oh, Spinal Tap is so good. It's a solid flick. <sighs> all right. Well, I guess that's is it. Yeah, pretty like, much everything for now, at least until we watch it. Yeah, I don't even. I'm trying to think of. Does he have like a buddy, like a falling out with like a buddy or anything? Or is I don't he remember just, a he's like a, or is he a total loner? I feel like he's a nerdy he's a, loner he's guy. A nerdy loner. Yeah. Does it become he can become most best friends with Jason Lee though? Don't they have like a thing? Is I don't know. Isn't I feel he like, like the mentor character to him. No, it's more Billy Crudup, I think. All right. I think so. That would be my guess. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this. Did you? Know <laughs> <laughs> I have, dude. I haven't seen this film in like it's a long like, time. It's like a reflex. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen. You're it. not even conscious that you're saying these words what? right now. That's what? They're just kind of falling out of your mouth, guys. I'm gonna say this every episode. Guys. <laughs> ah! We're gonna do a super cut of you saying every single one. I'm gonna. Oh man, yeah. If if we have a fan out there that wants to do that for us, that would be even better because <laughs> then it means we have a fan. That's yeah. Step that, one. That's the big part. Step of it. one. You got a big fan. Number one fan. We still don't run ads, but I want to plug that I watched 31 horror films during the month of October, and there's going to be a video review of us discussing all of them next week Thursday. Subscribe to our YouTube page to stay updated, and you can find the link to our YouTube page on our homepage, whatweremember.com. Thanks. I mean, I'm telling you, you're coming along at a very dangerous time for rock and roll. I mean, the war is over. They won. 99% of what passes for rock and roll these days, silence is more compelling. And that's why I think you should just turn around, go back, you know, and be a lawyer or something. I can tell from your face that you won't. I can give you 35 bucks. Give me a thousand words on Black Sabbath. An assignment? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, welcome to part two. We watched Spinal Tap. How'd you guys...
Spinal wait, Tap? Did, did we... you watch Spinal Tap? Because <laughs> that's not the did movie I watched. Did I watch the watched. wrong movie? No, wait. I thought we were... I mean, we, we were talking about Spinal Tap so much. I thought that was the movie we were going to... We need I mean, to watch is... Spinal Tap. Talk about. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of like Spinal Tap in a way. Yeah. So there's there's a lot to talk about with this film, and I'm trying to figure out where to start. Um, first of all, we wrote a better movie in our podcast than this movie ended up being. You think you so? You think so? Yes. Because... We added so many different kinds of stakes and elements and consequences. Well, of course we're going to. That didn't exist in the film. (laughs) There's all these things that we came up with. Right. So let's just let's just start right out of the before we even talk about the film. Let's just go through all like the corrections and things that we had to go go with. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, We said that the kid was lying about his age in order to work for Rolling Stone. That didn't need to happen. Well, that wasn't happening. Well, he wasn't an he element didn't at all. Tell them his age, and then I, I did write down that when like he actually meets the Rolling Stone guys, which isn't a surprise at all. They're just like, "Come meet us." They show up, and they're like, "Oh wow, you're young. All right, come in here. Let's move on." Like, it did not matter. It was oh, like yeah, it was like two seconds. It was like they thing. were like, "We already paid him a ton of money. He's sending us like decent material or whatever." Yeah. yeah. So they that were really okay. was not a conflict, even though they played it like it was going to be. I didn't yep. realize that they just hired him over the phone. Right. Right. Well, they, they had read an article. Is that what they said? They yeah, they read one of his Scream magazine Cream, articles. Yeah. yeah. Which is another element we didn't realize that Philip, Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman works for Cream magazine. I thought he Correct. worked for Rolling Stone. That's what I thought too. But he's yeah. just like um, he just acts as like a mentor. Yeah, he only talked. He's like a few scenes over the phone, and then just like he only. I read in the trivia that he only filmed for four days, and he was had the flu all four days. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, his scenes were very limited, very so. short and yeah. sweet. And I also, the second I saw him, I was like, "Is he trying to be Jack Black?" And then I saw that Jack Black auditioned for the role. I did hear about that. Yeah, like Jack Black was one of the other people in consideration for that role. And I I'm felt sure was, they both would have been great. Yeah, I think yeah. they both would have worked very well. But I think that Philip Seymour Hoffman was like channeling a version of Jack Black, or maybe Jack Black saw this version of Philip Seymour Hoffman changed his entire personality <laughs> to be like this and that's the jack black we know now i well, could i can't tell the difference we we still have jack black to ask we could ask him that <laughs> if, call if him he's up. changed his whole persona just because of this scene right because <laughs> four scenes i mean because in high fidelity which came out the same year as this which i kept talking about during the first part he's playing kind of a normal character and i think that character in high fidelity would have been better played as philip Seymour Hoffman. What? So I really? think I think they were just a little miscast. I would have liked. Or, I would, I would have liked to flip Jack Black. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, I want every role to be Jack yes. Black. <laughs> um, the guy is friends with all of the band members. There's really no conflict up until the very end of the film. Yeah, right. They don't care about him at first, but then he talks them up. Like he talks them up quite a bit, and then they're like, "Okay, well, he's cool. Like we'll we'll hang out with him." There there is a conflict that. They don't want to open open themselves up too much because they know that he could write a bad article. About yeah, they keep referring to him as the enemy. Yeah, that was never happening though, because he loved the band. He loved everything about what he was well, doing. Well, he was never like, seeking to like write. A, like, I don't, like a I don't know. Bad it felt more them. like that he he knew their music because he's just like a really good music critic, and so he knew their music and used that to like tell them. Uh, to like get them to open up, like he played to the idea that they would really like a fan. I wasn't sure if it was genuine or if he was like, oh, maybe if I, like, tell them they're good and show that I know what, yeah. like, know the band's music. That, that was ambiguous, they'll go for with sure. It. There was no um, drug sequence. Um, the tour was awesome the entire time. There was never, there was only one problem where a guy got electrocuted. Yep. And that was, like, everything else was gravy. 
on that tour. They had no other problems. I mean, they had like yeah. like the t-shirt issue and like the you know that was, was, that was very was, spinal. That was all internal. Yes, it felt very. We made claims that the tour was doing bad and they right. were trying. They weren't selling out shows. We were wrong. Which, which was no, totally yeah, wrong. It was a totally well, successful tour. <laughs> Everyone was loving it. Everyone was having a great time. Yeah. The, I feel like the story. The story was not really focused on the tour. Like the tour was just happening. It was focused on the relationships between people yeah. that were participating in the tour. I mean, you yeah. There's really the only times you even really see them like at a, a show is is like the beginning when he meets the band the in the microphone uh scene and yeah. then there's like the one near the end where they're in cleveland i think you kind of see some of their set but like that's very that's it like the shows are not a focus in the movie at all everything Just else is at one montage sequence where it like goes through a few songs yeah goes right. to like a couple song medley of things happening um rolling stone was happy with the article they had no problems with it when he turned it in the well, only issue was that he got discredited by the main front man. Well, he that didn't the like the problem. very first one where it was like the puff piece. They had him rewrite it, and then they liked it a lot, and then couldn't confirm it, so that was the conflict. So there kept on being things where, like, the conflict kept getting brought, brought up, yeah, and then immediately They were on the verge of having a real conflict, <laughs> and, and then at the last second they're like, but no, it's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's true. That happens, like, multiple times. The, the Rolling Stone manager like, guy calls him... A few times angry, but like halfway through the conversation, he ends up being nice. There's a couple like the mom call well. gets angry a couple of times, yeah, but she's, but then she's okay with it too. Twice that happens. Uh, I did write down the the mom is totally like a rookie of the year mom. She's totally cool, very supportive of him, like is letting him do this even though she's not comfortable with it. I thought she was totally pro. Yeah, there was a moment where she denies the daughter from listening to rock music, but she never really explicitly tells him not to. Yeah. Which we thought happened in the movie. Which, and she yeah, lets him we go to the concerts. She, she lets drives him, him to the yeah, concerts. Like, she encourages it to happen. Yeah. It so. was as if like she didn't want her daughter to do anything, but then like her son, she was like, okay, you can do all these things that I don't approve of. Yeah, once the daughter ran away, it was Zoe Deschanel. Who we Wait, did, I can't believe I didn't remember that. Yeah. She, uh, she runs off to become a stewardess. Um, mm-hmm. Like when she's eighteen, and then I guess the mom becomes a little more lenient towards the kid. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like it could just be like a, he does, she doesn't want to risk him going away too or something, so she's a little more lenient with him. Yeah, I was like, it's kind of like a baby child syndrome. It's like, yeah, get you know, you you will baby them and you'll be okay with them doing a few things that you didn't let your first child do. Yeah, we also missed that. That's Frances McDormand. Yeah. Who's the yes. mother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I got a list of the cameos we just totally just did not get at all. Me too. Like, I, there was a lot of cameos I didn't remember. Yeah. Like, let me quickly just run run through them. Um, Francis McDermott, Dor- uh, Zoe Deschanel, uh, Rain Wilson, Eric Stone Street, Mark Maron, Mitch Hedberg, Nick Swartzen, Kyle Gass, Jay Burchell, Um Which Bar- he was, he Jay was Bar- awesome. He was. Jay Baruchel was really and good. And then uh, Bayou Phillips and Anna Paquin. Yeah. Those are the, like those are all giant names that we just yeah I didn't get, I didn't radar. even notice half of those I only had some of them written down as I was seeing them but even the ones that I saw I was like what like that yeah <laughs> like they, I think Rain Wilson here? was the one that first like really upset me I was right. like, oh <laughs> he's just playing he's a cartoon <laughs> character well he's playing um uh, that writer uh, uh, Hunter Hunter S, S. S. Thompson Tom- Thompson yeah what? He's, he he's was a, he's yeah. a Hunter S Thompson outfit essentially yeah he's basically it's a, not that person but he's like oh. he's. He's, he's like a, yeah, he's like a Oh my god, that makes so much more sense. I was looking at it like, what is going on with this character? Like, what is he choosing to he was just like a goofy guy. Yeah. I liked him, but like all of his line deliveries were so weird. <laughs> okay, so I think that was like the big 
my big problems with what we were saying. I think we kept adding elements of excitement that just did not happen in <laughs> that, the film. That, that easily could have been in this film, and I feel yeah. like they kind of missed yeah. an opportunity. I, I will say, I getting... love the movie, but I, I did feel like they could have had more. Things kept getting like undercut um, when uh, the g- girl, um, Kate Hudson, is going for the drug overdose. Yeah. She immediately gets rescued and picked up, and fine. she's fine. And then um, earlier when, so the lead singer guy is uh, married, and he doesn't want the kid to find out that the kid he doesn't want the kid to write an article saying that Kate Hudson was on the tour with him because he doesn't want to get caught with his wife. Yeah, right. So she gets kick, get, kick, gets kicked off the tour, and um, there's a moment where they're in a field, and the main kid is telling him that. And the girl just, or Kate Hudson, is just fine with it. And she well, kind of like undercuts yeah, all of the. Yeah, the she was like, I knew that was going to happen the whole time. Like, it's like, oh, okay, so I guess all the stakes that we just made were. Well, she for wasn't nothing. fine with it, though. She ultimately ended up being fine in that scene because she made a joke even about In that scene, about yes. It. But I, I think it also could have been putting up like a strong facade, like she's like, look, that's just the life, even though inside yeah. it hurts. Am I, maybe I'm mistaken, but I thought she did the drug overdose after that scene. She did, after she saw okay. the wife in person. Yeah, after she, after they okay. were at the bar. Because, yeah, that's it. Before, right before they go to New York is when they talk <clears> in the field. Yeah, I think that her, like, I thought her character arc kind of was like, she knew that he was seeing someone else and it was just a thing, but she thought that she could, she thought that she could win him over. Yes, eventually. yes. That's what, what I got too, is that she, she knew this was going on, but she was like, at first she was just sort of like, look, this is just, you know, what we do. And then after, like when she became attached, she was like, well, I think he still really loves me deep down. And then kind of found out, like, or kind of felt like he didn't after the New York thing. Yeah, the wife just showed up. And yeah. Then, and, and he was like, nope, don't talk to me. We didn't even like get any bit of the wife or the fiance at yeah, all. Yeah, we didn't. She was she was only she showed up in like she, the yeah last she was only there the for like ten minutes of this film. Yeah, and it, and it also another piece of stakes gets undercut because we found out that Jason Lee had slept with that girl too. Yeah, the wife. So there's yeah, like the even yeah. so there's even like less investment in her being jealous because she did the same thing to him. It's almost funny too because it's like a big reveal in that scene. Like everybody's revealing something, and then like you get no real release or no like conflict at all. It's just like everyone just speaks their mind when that plane is going down, and then it doesn't go down, and everyone's just like, "All right, I guess we'll just keep going on as a band." And there was a few moments. There was, there was the, like the funniest moment in the film is when like the cockpit accidentally opens and like the, the pilots are praying. And like, yes. they, they shut the door real quick. Just that so, whole like, scene, I, I thought, was a really funny yeah. scene. It worked really well. But and, and you know, and of course, like the the drummer doing the "I'm gay," and then immediately the plane is fine, and he's like, "Oh God, oh jeez." Yeah. Now everyone knows I like dudes, which is not a big deal at all. No. Maybe it was a big deal in '73. I thought they were gonna be like, "I know." That's what I thought they were going. That, yeah, that's what I would have. I kind happen. of expected that too. It's like, but, oh, you guys already knew. Oh, oh, jeez. Okay, so uh, before we start at the beginning. Um, just go through the film. Is there anything you want to that we thought we got really wrong or bad I, or we I spent totally some, forgot? Um, no, nothing really that like we got like majorly wrong. Okay. Um, I know I, at the end uh, we we were trying to figure out like if he comes home, he, he goes to his sister when he comes back, but they just ran into each other and he convinces her to come home with him. Yeah, let's let's talk about the ending so, at the end of the podcast. Yeah, um, there's a lot of ADR in this film that gets just thrown in there there's a there's a thing about her being 18 that Frances McDormand says to like justify why yeah. she's okay with Zoe Deschanel leaving that's like an ADR line that just got okay. thrown in there mm. um 
another line was we don't have intercourse when the when the uh, um, the roadies are like talking. There's just like, like they just give BJ's. I guess that was their line. But there was an ADR line about that. I didn't notice and, this at all. I and there was surprised. and there was an ADR line of of her relationship with Russell being like expositioned on the bus, which I thought were like moments that maybe a producer or somebody just kind of like said, "Oh, we kind of need to add these things to the film." Sure, just yeah. To like get hmm. you know to not be I didn't, man. I did not even notice any of those. And yeah. usually they jump right out at me. When you when we I watch movies that had well, you watch movies with headphones too. But you can tell like the differences when the dialogue is like totally different right. Totally yeah. Awesome. Oh, okay. And and when you're not seeing the person saying the line. Right. Um, Philip Seymour, Jay Black impersonator. Industry of Cool was a thing uh, that he wrote in a book. I don't know what that meant, but Philip Seymour Hoffman I had no idea either. So uh, Industry of Cool. Well, for his, what, you mean talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. saying that? The, his, his point was that uh, at that point, rock and roll was less about music and like creating amazing music and more about just being a rock star. And, like, yeah. the whole lifestyle of being a rock star was more important than the actual music being produced. I was really hoping that the stuff that Philip <clears throat> Seymour Hoffman was, like, saying was foreshadowed. But it didn't really end up being foreshadowing. Yeah, at first... Because everything kind of just works out in the end anyway. Right, well, and I wasn't sure, like, when they, the movie starts, I wasn't entirely sure where, like, what year it was. They probably even threw it up on the screen. It was 1973. Right, and I figured that out, but when he first, when he first talks to Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's like, you're coming in at, like, right when Rock's dying. Yeah. I was like, "What is this? Like, like eighty, like seventy nine, eighty, or something?" Like, I was trying to figure out what time it was because yeah, I was like, "I guess that." But then I found out it was like seventy three, seventy four, and I was like, "No, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, it was like way that's wrong. not the case at all." Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is set up. He's like uh, DJing an early morning show, and he wants to play Iggy Pop, and like the girl um, who's from like NCIS. I forgot, I don't know what her name is. Yeah, but she uh, doesn't want to play it, and he ends up doing it anyway. So I guess like. In his mind, not wanting to listen to rock and roll means not wanting to listen to music at 9 a.m. Like, yeah. that's, like, the bad thing. And I also, if you're saying that, like, rock is dying, like, Iggy Pop is, like, most, the most relevant in 73. Like, he's starting to do solo stuff away from the Stooges. Yeah, so well, like, I think that's what, it, like, that was kind of the point of that shot about? is that, like, that's, a, like, a new thing. And she was like, it's a little early for, like, experimental Iggy Pop kind of solo music. And he was yeah. like, I don't care, it's good music, and played it anyway, because okay. he's, like, just a rock critic. Uh, the band is from Troy, Michigan. Yeah, yeah what was kind of with all the, and, all and the for so much references. For, for those who don't know, we live maybe like, or we're actually filming this podcast maybe ten miles away from Troy. Yeah, I was like, because yeah, the band's from Troy, Michigan. Jimmy Fallon's hey, character a guy talks from about Dearborn. 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 Yep, you're from Dearborn. Yep. Philip Seymour Hoffman's wearing a Detroit Sucks t-shirt yep. at a couple spots in the movie. And I also thought if you would wear that shirt in Detroit, you would get, like, beaten up or, like, destroyed. <laughs> That's true. There's yeah. no way, like, that shirt would fly. No. Like, I spent, like, a little bit of time, like, trying to figure out why there were so many references to Michigan. A lot of Michigan references. And I found nothing. Well, I have to imagine that he was born in near Michigan or something like who? that. Who? Cameron Crowe? Yeah, wasn't there a director who I'm thinking of who was born in, in a, like... Cameron Crowe. I looked somewhere. at. I looked up Cameron Crowe. He he was born in California. I don't know if he grew up in Michigan at some point, hmm. but yeah, I don't. I didn't understand. And I wouldn't know why Jimmy references. Jimmy Fallon would have had to have hit that person in somewhere where the band is near. I thought that could have just been any location. Like that would have been just a funny city to say, but he specifically says Dearborn. I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, their song is bad. Well, yeah, it was threw up your water. Um, I, oh, I, I, th I thought Ozzy Osbourne made a cameo in this film, and I was sort of right because they opened for Black Sabbath. 
Yes, okay. in the very first in the very opening concert. Yeah, I don't know if we saw it, but I'm gonna have to go back and say I'm. You're right. This song is bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. It's <laughs> it's not even like specifically 70s. It has no like 70s vibe to it. The music for the band was written by Peter Townsend. I also like that uh, it was very clear that it was not Jason Lee singing yes. bad music. <laughs> and you thought we all thought. Uh, we all tried to pick a band that, that was inspired by it. You said Aerosmith. I said the Almond, the Eagles, and you said something else. It ended up being the Almond Brothers. Yeah. I forget what you said. It was the Almond Brothers that they were inspired yes. by? Yes. Really? Yeah, they yeah. do the tour and all that stuff, I think, was what, inspired um, specifically. Like what? And I forgot to look up when Aerosmith released their first album, so I'll have to fact that, check that. Maybe sometime okay. Well, I think I said Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh... Like, what are some Almond Brothers songs? Do you guys know any? No, my dad probably does for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I couldn't think of them right now, though. But Okay. Um, Maybe. I, I had one of their albums growing up. My dad listened to them a lot. I guess if you listen to that Fever Dog song and maybe listen to an Almond Brothers song Fever and see dog. see if you can compare the two. <laughs> it's beautiful. Na, 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 it's not good. Uh, so this movie kind of felt... I had this written down halfway through the film and I was already kind of feeling what it was. If you could rewrite a pivotal moment in your life to turn out better. That's what this felt like because everything kind of fell into this kid's lap. Kate yeah. Hudson was already like flirting with him and trying to get him backstage into the concert. He was already uh, trying to get like the Rolling Stone thing that came easy to him. It's basically if, if you could write your own version of your life and make all the good things happen to it. That's what I felt was like was happening in this movie. I guess I could see that. Which might be totally true because this is based on Cameron Crowe and, you know, I think he followed a band. This is what I'm saying. Rolling I think so it is. Yeah. I think, I think it's like right. him kind of whitewashing him, his, him whitewashing his, own, his history. own history. That's yeah. what I felt. Okay. So, Aerosmith's first album did come out in 1973. Um, the song is Dream On. I don't know what the album... No, oh, uh, Toys in the Attic is 1975. So... I don't know. They they yeah. were they were just a little bit late, I think. Okay. Um, but you were I didn't even know they were the seventies band. Oh, for sure. But and I was just wondering if you could rewrite uh, a moment in your life to make all the good things happen to it where something could have went wrong, what would you change? So let's put, I'll put that out there, maybe you can think of it by the end of the podcast, we'll circle back around. Um he he doesn't use um so Francis McDormand is really pushing him not to do drugs. He said that several times yeah. during the movie why doesn't she educate her son about what drugs are, what the repercussions are, so he's aware of it? He's going to be in this environment. I... They're going to be around, and rather than just educate him... She, she's a teacher, which we didn't even know in, in the later in the film. Yeah, professor. She could have explained a little bit more about what this, the heck was going on. This is another funny moment where there could be conflict, but there was never conflict. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are right. Like she's There's so many instances of she's this. She's telling him, like, don't do drugs, don't do drugs... He never even had an inkling of, like, a thought of wanting to do drugs. It was never even, like, a major temptation for him in the movie. Like, there's never a scene where someone's really pressuring him to do drugs. Like, it comes up a couple of times, but it just sort of passes, and then, like, nothing happens about yeah, it. Yeah, and... It, it ended up just being, like, a, a running gag for the mom to say. Right, and it was just, like, a way of, like, her being there constantly, like, picking at him over the phone, but... It never was an issue. I do. Ever. He didn't I mean, want to do drugs. No, I did appreciate the the some we we didn't which we didn't pick up in the first part. But when the mom talks to Billy's uh, character, Billy yeah, 
talks to him and basically like tells him like he still has a chance to be someone of substance and it like really affects him. Like, yeah, he, it changes he's his like, whole life. Wow, yeah. like yeah, just that one second he's like, wow. There's a moment where, like, Fer- really Farusa Balk talks to Frances McDermott, too, and she kind of does the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where she's like, I don't even talk to my parents this much as I'm talking to you. Yeah. So. <laughs> she seems like she's just doing a great job, and she's just yeah. a big-time warrior because Zoe yeah. Deschanel left. And she worries too like, much. Anything. And also, like, I felt like the main character, either, number one, she's talked to the, her son about drugs, like, nonstop or whatever, about, you know, all the terrible things in the world that he could be doing. And he's, like, too smart. Like, he doesn't want to do that. Like, he doesn't want to yep. do drugs. He's, yeah. He knows exactly what he wants in life, and he's going for it. Like, I think part of, like, the, the thing over the course of the movie is the mom really does kind of come to accept that, that her son knows what he's doing. Right. Um, and she's just, yeah, she was, in the beginning, she like, was just worrying about him all the time. There was never a moment where but. she would have doubted... There was no reason for doing. it. Yes. He didn't answer the phone high at any point. Nope. There wasn't anything like, hey, come hit this, William. It's like, yeah. Occasionally you know, they had some crazy stuff going on in the background of the phone calls. But even then, it wasn't that bad to where it was like, oh, man, I definitely think he's in a drug den right now or something like that. Exactly. So it was another conflict avoided kind of thing. Yeah, that happened. It's just uh, everything gets undercut. Man, sorry to break, really, I'm sorry to break that Brad, bubble to you guys. I love this movie, and now you're making me <laughs> yeah, hate it. I'm Why starting to do this. I'm starting to not be <laughs> Sure I'm so it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry Damn to tell Brad. you that the writing is just not uh, what it should be. Brad, what did you do to this movie? <laughs> You're showing me all I, I was just seduced by an amazing soundtrack, and now and now I don't know what's what's left and right and up and down. And I haven't said yet, but there are seven seven music montages in the film, mm-hmm. which okay. are all about two minutes long. The movie's like two hours and three minutes and uh, <laughs> half hours montages. Pretty pretty good part for the course yeah um kate hudson is definitely banging that lead singer guy um jason lee nope uh the, the guitarist guy the oh, main okay. the main, Billy, main guy. oh yeah for but, sure she's banging him yeah they've been banging for a while it just been yes. banging it up i thought we we had made a comment that she had been like reserved or whatever and they even do do make oh. i guess the roadies themselves tell them that they don't do that anymore but they're totally doing that <laughs> so whoever's listening to this podcast and just heard the first half is like well how do they not remember what they said in the first half because <laughs> well, it's been a minute i listened to it on the right before we did this and i'm still i rely on brad to li- yeah, listen to the first half uh, the mark Marin cameo he's got some sweet pants on if you guys go back and look at it who was he um he was the manager of the stadium that they ended up oh, getting they electrocuted, electrocuted on that's right got walked, yes. he walked out of and they bust out the gate and and they the lock the gates. What was up with that scene? What was up okay. with that scene? Let me just, just say I wrote things. down what was that cartoon chase scene about? <laughs> so so Mark so um, Billy Crudup gets electrocuted, so the band ends up wanting to leave the venue. Yeah, they Mark just like, leave. comes all comes all piss and vinegar running out of the stadium saying, You gotta go put this concert on. It's like we're not gonna do it, our guy got electrocuted. It's like I've spent a lot of money, these people are waiting for it. So they, Mark Marin screaming, lock the gates, which is the, his intro to the WGF podcast, which I didn't know until now, like, where that was from. And he I is driving it. a little buggy, and he's yelling, hey, close the gates! Lock the gates. So the bus, in, like, several shots, is just moving along, and we can hear Mark Barron's voice clear <laughs> as day as he's right next to a microphone saying this in the studio somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Lock the gates. 
It didn't, I, I, didn't I make like, any sense to me. I didn't want this scene to happen, but it, it made me laugh a lot because it was so silly. It made no <laughs> sense. And then they were like, when they busted through the fence, they were like, yay, we did it. And I was like, what did you do? Bad. You broke the fence? Was, like, you needed an exciting moment in the film of like, this to happen? It was so lame. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote that down. I was like, what's up with that cartoon chase? But then I forgot what the cartoon chase was until you just reminded me. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, so oh, bad. Boy. All right, so here's a here's a good tip. If you are the manager of a band, look at the proof of the t-shirt before you open it in front of the band. Because maybe there's something on there that's not right. Yes. The so, same thing happens in, in uh, Spinal Tap, too. It's like they, they're releasing these uh, this new album... And I don't remember what the album is. I thought the I cover is like explicit, right? Yeah, yeah, the album's supposed to be Smell the Glove, and then the cover is just black. It's <laughs> just black. <laughs> and so they're like trying to like be okay with it, but they're not. It's like the same thing that happens yeah. in Spinal Tap. <laughs> so this scene is pretty interesting. So um, Billy Crudup is, is the only one that's, that's emphasized on the shirt. Everyone else is out of focus. Yes. And Billy Crudup even immediately... Begins to tell you what the scene is going to be about because he already comes up to Jason Lee and says, "Oh, you're just going to use this T-shirt as a way to talk about how I'm the the getting all the attention." And it's like, yeah, well, and then that scene happens. It's a little too too much exposition of just explaining what is supposed to be happening very directly. (laughs) Also, like. How do they print those t-shirts? <laughs> they just printed them all to look that way, and then that was an actual problem for the band before well, I the t-shirts? I wonder if like, the photo they sent in was just bad or something, and no one caught it, but uh, you're right. It, a manager should have ch- gotten a proof copy, <laughs> they should have double-checked this stuff. Come on, There's this a is... failure st- at multiple points in this yeah, chain. Yeah, this is stuff that custom clearly, would do. They clearly needed Jimmy Fallon to come in and take over that band, because their manager was not cutting it. But Jimmy Fallon ends up quitting on the plane, right? Because we never see yes. him again. Yes, and that confused me too, because I feel like that was the only thing negative that <laughs> happened while he was managing that band was that plane flight. Yeah. And I was like, all of a sudden, like he acted like this was the last straw in a string of horrible <laughs> things they've done. He'd been with the band for like two tours. And I was like, you've been dates, here for yeah. like a hot minute, and like everything's been fine so far. Yeah. Like you were like, I have a plane. And they get on the plane, and then they have a crisis. Also, he was like. I'm coming in to manage you guys, but then their other manager was still there too. So he's he like, like your two manager managers? needs a manager. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I didn't understand why. I thought he was gonna be Maybe like that's a, pub- a, thing. a publicist or something like right. that. Just didn't have to like sort of a story, but that didn't happen. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh boy. Um, uh, we didn't talk about the fact that uh, the kid has like a foursome. Oh yeah, that's about to come up. And that uh, so he, he <laughs> bangs get to he it. bangs Anna Paquin, uh, Farusa Balk, and a, another crazy lady who shows up, who should have been Bobby Phillips, who just stopped being in the movie. It was this other yes. lady that came out. She was Beth from Denver, and I looked it up. Her name was Olivia Rosewood. She hasn't done anything else. But they end up just, like, dancing around him. So you guys think that they, they actually... Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, Farusa's is oh, going downtown yeah. before they, when they fade Do out. you want Farusa to go downtown, though? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sure. say no. Yes. <laughs> if, if it's the year 2000, Farusa, yeah. Okay. And I'm, right. a du- and I'm a dude with two other girls. I mean, I can got these other two girls. What are you going to you gonna say no? Are you going to yeah. raise that I mean, point at that moment? Because I would have been like, okay, no, I'm, I'm going to go with this. I'm not saying no, but I'm more partial to Anna Paquin and seeing what's going on there. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I you wouldn't disagree. But you're I know, but like, all you know, you got to spend time. <laughs> you can't, you're going to make Wisely. an awkward moment. You're going to ruin the moment. You can't do that. You just got to go with it, Amy. It's got to go with it. There are a lot of... Just overall, the movie, I think, was, like, so melodramatic. They were 
he- very heavy-handed with a couple things. I blame Brad. Okay, right before for ruining all of this. <laughs> right before this scene, um, there's a moment where he says, I, "I need to go home," and Kate Hudson just whispers into his ear, "You are home." Oh. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I just want to throw up in my mouth. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, like a bad uh, writing. It's like a 15-year-old wrote it. <laughs> just even little jokes like the uh, like when they're in the car later and like uh, talking to the journalist kid, and they're like, "Hey, we did everything but get you laid." Like, the, the band band didn't think he possibly had gotten laid at some point on this tour, and then they're like, what you did? Ah! Oh, go, 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 go. And I'm like, what was that? Or, like, lampshading, uh, when Jimmy Fallon's lampshading, like, the Rolling Stones, when he's like, you think Big Jagger's still gonna be doing this in 50 years? And I'm yeah. like, you know, this yeah, was, like, in what, 2000? I was like, sure. it had already been 50 years, so that was clearly an intentional joke. How many STDs did he get banging all three of those ladies, though? You know, in the sev- I think they're clean. Gonorrhea, the clamp know. was out there. Yeah, he probably but got something. That, were the STDs, like, really out and about so big? I mean, it seems like... <laughs> I mean, they're probably, like, hanging out inside. You know, it seems like they were banging all the band members, and they all seemed fine. So, you know, it was probably all right. I mean, caring is sharing, so... Or sharing is caring? It could be both. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, wait. Since we're talking about melodramatic moments, I also was really unhappy with the scene where um, Anna Paquin and the main character were talking in that like big group room where yeah, and they were setting up the scene where he's like act, the scene. act one she likes him and I was like what is going on here and Anna Paquin was dressed like she was 10 years old yep she looked awful oh well this movie's ruined everyone yeah I think I don't like this movie so, so this guy can't get an interview for like he can't get um, Billy Crib to sit in a room for twenty minutes to have an interview. Yes, he keeps getting interrupted. That is it's like been the like two months on the of floor. all the potential conflicts they introduced in this film. That's the one they decided to have the be the real conflict, and it's the worst one they yeah. could have chosen. I feel like yeah, that is the problem. Basically, that is of the the, the, movie. the yeah. only problem that re- like precedes to the whole movie. Everything is else is like twenty minute. Oh, interview. it's almost a problem, but now it's resolved. And uh, yeah, the whole point is that he just cannot get an interview with with Billy's character. Yeah, and that's it's just not interesting. And I, I was like, is his is his interview really that important to everything in this? I like, don't think it is. I think I he has enough to go on to yeah, write. You think to so? Write something. Yeah. Or he's had enough personal conversations to like just do whatever he wants. But it makes it more meaningful at the end when he gets his interview. I guess. Does <laughs> it though? So well, wait, I need to talk about the end. We'll get there. Um, just want to <laughs> keep going through a few more facts. Uh, Jay Barishall shows up. I think it's his first role. He's just a little kid. He so we we thought that William didn't have any friends, but he seemed like this guy was his friend. Like, like he knew him from high school or that something. Guy, he's well, like kind like of no, he's like a roadie. I yeah, think. he didn't he really meet him until guy. he went yeah. to the hotel the very first time with uh, Penny. Yeah, and I okay. think that's what because she introduces like, him as Jay, like the diehard fan of right. uh, whichever band I don't remember. Okay, um, I think it was Rolling Stones. Okay. Yeah, he he was just like a roadie fan. Yeah, he's he like wasn't a, just a mega fan that's following the band on tour. What was the main character's name? William William Miller, I think. Yeah, it's William. Okay. His article doesn't seem all that good if, when they're like going through the so he, when he finally turns it in and they're reading a few lines from the it. Red, it's like yeah. the most generic yeah. like line. Yeah, it of felt a, very much like a but they were react- year old writing a news article. <laughs> but they were reacting to it like it was like the golden oh, word. Oh man, I was like exactly. I, I thought the same thing. I was yep, like, I totally oh, that's agree. bad. And they were like, wow. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, uh, that is just like it sounds very... like a kid sat down with a thesaurus and like came up with a crazy or just read and, another like, news article and copied yeah. it verbatim and put it in his article. Like just every. Sentence has to contain at least two metaphors, and 
All, all, all that said, I kind of started to like Ben, the uh, the Rolling Stone guy on the yeah. phone. I kind of started to like him. I thought he was a little underutilized. I, I, was, I would have seen good. more of him. I would have. There's. I started to love Ben at the yeah. end of the film. I, I could buy that. I would have. He seemed like an interesting character that we didn't get enough of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, I thought, especially when he was like telling him to like keep it together. Like he, he knew that. This guy had been sleeping with some other roadies. He's like, keep it together, man. That was yeah. really good. Yeah. So why couldn't either... Why... Oh, did they did they make that character Philip Seymour Hoffman and then split him into two parts? Is that what happened? Is that... Because they couldn't have enough like, Yeah, we're, like, 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 like when they found out that Philip kind of? Seymour Hoffman can only be there for like three days of shooting or something, they were like, crap, yeah. we gotta, well, let's make a new character. Yeah, I... They, they seem like I they almost feel like the Philip Seymour Hoffman could could have just not been in it. I he was like, like kind of his way in, I guess, to Rolling Stone. I liked I, and I, I liked it. his character. I liked that he mentors the kid through some stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he just exists to kind of ground the character, like to, the, to ground the kid. And he, keep, he keeps foreshadowing like bad things are going to happen, but none of the bad things he says like really ever happen. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is kind of a curious thing. Like if they could have just combined those characters or. Alright, before we get to the ending, I just gotta say, Doe Deschanel's acting is really bad. She's a really bad actress. <laughs> it was, it was making Her me Her acting really is sad. always the same. It was making me upset. I felt yeah. like she was looking off camera a couple of times, and it just was not great. Maybe she was still working on it. I mean, this is like, young, like early in her career. Yeah, her and Kate Hudson young. felt like they were just saying lines instead of acting lines. I didn't realize that Kate Hudson was so young in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think when Crazy. I remember watching it, I was like, oh, she's, like, got to be, like, in I her mean, 30s or now, something like that. Now, do you think like there's that. anyone else you would have chosen to play Kate Hudson? There was character? a list of, like, 50 people Yes, I on did IMDb. see the list of con- who they considered. if you were uh, a 20-something-year-old actress in the 2000s, you were up for this part. I saw Christina wanted. Ricci was uh, I did see You that. can name any of them. I think, like... Uh, Probably, like... Kirsten yeah. Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. She was she on there. She was on that list. I saw, okay. I saw Locke Voorhees on there, and I was like, "What is she even relevant?" Then? Jason? <laughs> no, Locke Voorhees. <laughs> oh, okay. I think, she's the, I think she's the friend in Blossom, isn't she? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is pretty much everyone that was like in their twenties. If you want to pull pull up the list, we can read through it. But there are like fifty female actresses. I, I will say, I was reading through that list, and the the only one that I thought I would see, like, playing this role was, I think they said Winona Ryder was on that list. And I was like, that's the only one I think I could see playing been, that Kirsten role. Kirsten Dunst would have been I okay. Be, I think Kirsten Dunst would have been okay. Fine. Natalie Portman was on the list, and I thought that would have been kind of weird. She young. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a moment where, like, Kate Hudson's, like, dancing in, like, a empty auditorium, which is, like, kind of just shoved in there. I, I, I will say, out of everybody, I felt like Kate Hudson was the best in this movie. Like, I thought... Oh, her, no. I, I swear, I thought her acting was really good. And I liked her in a lot of scenes. I, I, I don't know. That, that I did not agree. I with. think it could have been better. I didn't think it was bad by any means, but I, I thought for how much hype she got too when this it. movie came out of her being so good, I, I was expecting a little bit more of this when I was rewatching it. From her. Yeah, I really liked her, but um, I could not stand Jason Lee's acting. Really, I thought he was pretty good. He was very Jason Lee. In he the was movie. very Jason. He was very Lee, Jason Lee. It was like times when he was like angry. He was borderline like ready to laugh and like smiling, and then he was just shouting everything. And there were some moments where he was like playing like the dumb guy in the movie. Like he didn't get on the tour bus in time. 
and just like things just like weren't working out for him. I think that was just supposed reason. to be a, a goof. Yeah, yeah. It was some, like goofs that were. <laughs> it was like a just dumb goof. goof. Threw away, yeah. Like I said, all the goofs, goofs were very heavy handed in this film. Like, yeah, it, it was seems... not. It was just a dumb goof. No, all right, let's get right to the ending. Okay. Um, do you want to, do you get to get to those ladies? Before there's you go a, to yeah, them? a lot of them yeah. here. Like, there's, there's thirty. Brittany Murphy, Anne Haish, Mina Savari, Nev Campbell, Jenna Elfman. Maggie Gyllenhaal and Bridget Rose McGowan. Bridget Moynihan, Rose McGowan, Chloe Sevigny, Lara Flynn Boyle. Allison Hannigan. Angie Harmon. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Catherine, Catherine Heigl. Heigl. I feel like these people just added this on their own to IMDb. I have to believe they were like, Marley these are Shelton. people I wish had been in this domain. Because <laughs> they have like two separate listings for all the actresses. Because they, they also mentioned Kirsten Dunst. Click, click Lark Voorhees' name. I'm pretty sure she's the girl from Blossom. Um, nope, that's uh, uh, from Saved by the Bell. That's, yeah. uh, okay. Lisa from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Which, I don't... Alright, let's get to the end. Okay. Alright, yeah, so, let's talk about it. the big conflict happens. He turns in his article. They love it. <laughs> they just... It's the greatest thing ever written. There's no conflict at all. Yeah. We're, publishing, they, we're publishing this well, article. Okay. Every, those, they, I don't know. Maybe, 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 they were just trying to, maybe they were just trying to impart that Rolling Stone is just cool with everything. Yeah. Because, yeah. They like, really wanted to publish I mean, that, this article. That, that, that totally it's the flows, cover. That it's totally going to happen. flows with it, when he shows up and they're like, wow, you're just a kid. All right, let's get in here and talk about your article. Like, <laughs> not a problem at all. We thought that he, he was going to lie to people. He was yep. going to lie to the band to tell them they made the cover. But no. The, no, the Rolling Stone just gave him the cover. Well, they it also, was gonna happen. They also they only show him talking to like Rolling Stone on the phone a couple times. They never show him actually doing writing. They never show him sending any writing to them. And yet, like yeah, like halfway through the tour, they're like, "It's the cover." And I'm like, "Have you gotten anything from this kid indicating this should be the cover?" Yeah, they got you, nothing. But yeah, I was like, "Was it just a really dry month of like Rolling Stone?" They're like, "We had nothing else." So, oh my god. So in my my dumb anticipation that things were gonna turn around, there's a moment where he puts a book. Like outside, he's like I'm assuming it's his book of what he's been writing, mm -hmm. like on top of a thing outside before he goes in to see Kate Hudson. And I thought, oh, he was gonna he's, now he's gonna lose the article and he's not gonna have any information. No, no, that doesn't don't happen. Steal things. <laughs> he doesn't lose things and they don't get stolen. Everything is okay. I, part of me was like when I was watching the movie, I was like. They're probably like in for a couple thousand dollars into this kid. They probably are just gonna accept anything that he writes. Right, and that kind of was like at the end they're like, we spent a lot of money on yeah, this. Yeah, they like, go through his like hotel on? bills and things like that. It's like oh, we... like six hundred dollars in expenses, yeah. which I guess in the seventies is probably a lot. Yeah, and they really just should not have given this kid the article. They should not. They didn't have even done know this. he was a kid. I don't even. They know They did not what do they their do. research. He, oh my god. I mean, they do express. Like, they do establish very early that he's a very good writer. Like. Because like, that's what Philip Seymour Harmon's like. Okay, you, you write like really good stuff and you get it. But at the same time, I feel like they should have done more research into him. <laughs> so Billy up before um, William leaves to go write the article. He's like, go ahead, write whatever you want. Then he writes the article. They call him. He's like, oh, you can't publish the article. It's like, you just told yes, the kid that, that he can weird, publish whatever yeah, like, you want he, Like, that's when he, set, when he stands in the airport and says... Write whatever you want. Like, that's when he's like, I've accepted that we're a yeah, crazy, I, dysfunctional and man. This is the resolution of and, the film. And then they're like, well, we need one more 10-second conflict in this movie. <laughs> and they're like, they didn't approve any of this. And then he shows yeah. up the house. He's like, I called him and said it was fine. Oh, okay. So, wait. So, wait. Uh, what happened now? It's like, oh, it very last minute. So, they're going to cancel the article and run a new uh, front page thing. So, is the one that ends up being at the end of the film, because he ends up do, do, does getting on the front page, is that... 
the same month that that one was going to come out? Or is that like the next Yeah, it seemed like a decent amount of time passed from uh, like... This is what I'm saying. From when Billy calls Penny Lane and she gives him the kid's address instead of hers. It did seem like a decent amount of time had passed between them. So they just sat on this article or something and didn't do anything with it. But they were giving him deadlines. It seemed like this article was like crunch time. It's going to come out. And then they were like promoting it or something like, oh, big exclusive coming out this month on Stillwater. (laughs) And and then I guess ran some other story. (laughs) Well, we've already seen how flexible they are in changing their cover stories and they're like you got the cover we haven't read anything <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. oh boy can so, we can we also just briefly okay. talk we about we talk about a lot yeah let's, let's do go. it I'm what? ready I'm ready for this I've what accepted that with... this is no longer a good movie <laughs> yeah I think so too <laughs> with it. I think I have to over the, <laughs> broke the bubble over the course of this podcast yeah oh, it's not a good movie oh my gosh oh, I came in ready to talk about how much I loved this movie and it was great and now Let's talk about all the flaws. I don't mean to be that guy who just Part- like breaks the bubble, but they're just the story structure <laughs> yeah, did right. not exist in this film. <laughs> Part of me was like bothered with like the opening credits being on like a digital camera. Did you guys yeah, see that? Like, I don't know what was... that was. About. Oh, I didn't know. I just I, I mean, never played into it later. Like if you had had the camera on tour, I was like, oh, that would have been neat. A nice little callback. Did you watch the opening credits at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know you yeah, the handwriting and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. The right? quality of it was. I didn't think about it. I just poor. assumed it was like oh, older camera because they're establishing. Then it takes place in like this. No, this was definitely but... like a modern camera okay. that you can get from like Best Buy in 2000, <laughs> is what they shot it on. I have no idea. And this guy, yeah, I didn't even think about that. It just was like an opening credit scene, and then they move on to the movie, and I didn't even think about it. But yeah, yeah. I feel like that should have tied into something, and it definitely didn't. <laughs> so Kate Hudson like keeps asking the guy if he wants to go to Morocco, and that happens like once or twice in the film. And that's what her and her resolution is that she's on a plane. It's her last scene. She's buying a ticket to Morocco. Why and didn't she, she ask didn't anybody go with him? Why didn't she ask anybody talk else about, to go with her? Talk about a dick move when she keeps telling this kid they're gonna go, and then she just goes by herself. And the kid even calls her out on it right before he tells her that the guy's cheating on him, yeah. or has a wife coming in. Yeah. But no, Kate Hudson's just all about she Kate wanted Hudson. to go to yep, yeah. Morocco by herself. Terrible. So. And then the band just ends up being successful, I guess. Yeah, like it shows them on tour the next the next year or whatever. And, and he just at his house doing tour. nothing. He ends up missing like three months of school, but still graduates. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's a lot of graduates. And they have the, that was another like that thing that I expected to be a much bigger kind of because <laughs> the mom's like, you have to be home for this. You have to take your finals. You have to graduate. And he blasts through all of those and like yeah. they're just, yep. the only thing they do is like address that graduation where she's sitting there and they're like yeah, she's, trying to she's just like a sad sack and she's like wanting to see her oh I'm sad and that's that's all that is really done with that and that one well, later they reference it with like didn't you need to like take a final exam or something he's like you have no idea there's like too many elements to this movie they should have <laughs> got rid of some things or some characters or something yeah or just let yeah keep it simple and drag out the stakes and drag yeah. out the consequences if you go back, listen to part one. The things that we thought happened in this film would have made it a better film. <laughs> I don't want to. I, yeah, I don't want to be that guy to say. Like, I'm excited to go it, back and I totally watch. That. I, I can agree because thinking about all the stuff we talked about, it would have been an, a more interesting film. Yeah, because you kept bringing up several times how if he was a younger kid and like. That was like the gimmick that he was gonna get found out. Yeah, like, that would have added so much. The more only attention, person that but... really lies about their ages. The mom lying to him about his age, <laughs> yeah. which like, was very was... confusing. It doesn't even pay a plan. It doesn't pay off. Okay, and then again, he's like, "Wait, how old am I?" And Zoe Deschanel's like, "Tell him." She's like, "You're this old." He's like, "Oh, 
I'll, I'll find out, and then it moves on again. Just another also, it never makes up to anything. Like, number one, why doesn't he know that he's 11? <laughs> number two, why hasn't someone told her that other than his mom? Like, if oh. Zoe Deschanel knows, how is she also keeping that a oh secret? Oh my gosh. I don't. <laughs> and then also, like, it was a, it was weird because he was 15 later on. I was like, that transition from that kid to that kid, like, 11 to 15, like, that didn't make like, any in sense. In the beginning, they also make make a point to establish him as uncool. But they the only way they do it is through, like, the exposition of Philip Seymour Hoffman saying, like, uh, I mean, are you cool? The kid's like, not really. He's like, see, we never are because we're deep critics. And I'm like, they have shown me really nothing except the fact that he's really young in his class at high school yeah. That it tells me he's a loser. He looks pretty rad. Yep. Like I feel like he he's not an ugly weirdo or something. And then he just, like he lucks into everything in the film. Yeah, he seems like he's on top Every, of everything. It. Seems I, great. I don't know. Girls think he's cute. Yeah, there's not a problem yeah. there. I don't I don't see the oh problems. Oh my god. <laughs> Much like this film, I don't see the problems until we think about it. Join us next week. We're going to talk about Space Jam. Hey, I'm going to take this time to read some excerpts from five-star reviews we've gotten on iTunes. Roberto El Savior Taylor says, This podcast is great. It takes it back and reminds me of the movies I loved in childhood. Ethan A. Rain says, It's great to hear them reminisce about old, but not that old films. They always remember much more than I do. Shaneman150 says, What Remember is a very funny show. It's a blast to listen to. Can't recommend it enough. Avraz Lama says, These guys have knocked it out of the park. Great idea, wonderful execution, and fun personalities. Leave a review on iTunes, and I'll read a bit of it on the air and give you a shout-out. And thanks to those who did.